fact, a couple of people in my life who I know I can have a really open-hearted, lay-it-on-the-line conversation with, who will receive my words and just as they are and 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 not have to explain myself. And that that for me is also part of that that receiving back then is just that somebody receives me as I am. Hello and welcome to the Soul Food Podcast, bringing you stories that nourish the soul. It's Alison and Donnie here from the Mission Enhancement Team, and we hope this podcast will encourage you in your life and faith, wherever you are right now. Here comes another Soul Food story. Welcome once again, friends, to another episode of the Soul Food Podcast. Today we're here with Sally Butler, and she is a community outreach worker for Catholic Care in the Diocese of Parramatta. She had previously been a volunteer in the space before joining as an employee in 2015. Previous to working in this particular space, Sally had pursued careers in the areas of recruitment and futures broking. Now, as part of the Soul Food Podcast, one thing we ask all our guests in the space is what's a memorable dish or meal that describes a bit of your story, Sally, and your life experience? Okay, so the first thing that comes to my mind is not so much a single dish, Mm -hmm. but about my style of cooking. Okay. And I think because I have many children, which means I guess some of the, not everybody likes to eat the same food. And some days just getting to the shops over the years has been a challenge. So my kids would probably tell you that I'm really good at opening the pantry or the fridge and there's not much in there, but then I put this spectacular meal (laughs) (laughs) on the table. And even my husband is like, wow. What, what is this, babe? Or mm. this is fantastic. What can I taste? What's coming through? And I'm just like, and the term that we use in my house, it's it's just another knock-up. Yeah, right. We just call it a knock-up yeah. meal. Yeah. But um, there's always something, yeah. something. And I think I'm pretty good at making something out of not very much at all. Yeah, how good is yeah. that? In, in my mind, you called it um, uh, Something to knock up, I, I think of it as a bit of a remix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, making magic with some leftovers yeah. from the night before and just, I don't know, just presenting it in a different way. How oh, good. So that... it's not so much a single dish yep. as a way of being c- quite creative with whatever's on hand. Yeah, yeah. but I think that's that's definitely a skill, one that I yeah. don't have personally. <laughs> um, so I'd have to say my wife has a, a bit more of an acute sense of smell, of taste, what goes together. Mm. Would you say that's what's enabled you to do that or is it necessity or what is it that's enabled you to whip up something so great from you know all sorts of sporadic ingredients? Yeah, I think it's just a skill of, and again, refined over the years of being able to, and it's again, my eyes will close and I just visualize the ingredients that will go together. Mm. It sounds bizarre. I don't even know where it's come from, Mm -hmm. but I'm able to just pair a couple of, you know, standout, I don't know, flavors Mm. or ingredients and bring them together. Yeah. How good. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And and when I see your role as a community outreach worker, um, I can see the marrying up of that skill set or that knack of being able to get these uh, different elements together and Mm. sort of create something of an experience or a connection there. Mm, mm. Um, In initially meeting you over the phone, I was surprised to hear that you had a background in recruitment and futures broking. Mm. And so I wonder if you could just take our listeners through a bit of a a broad uh, sketch. I know it's a 
a lot of moments to capture in your mm, life mm. journey. But how did you come to work for Catholic Care, having had those different um, uh, workplace experiences and also your family experience? How did Catholic Care almost end up as the net result of all mm. of that? So it was not planned mm. at all. Um, we had moved to the Blue Mountains mm-hmm. from um, a nut from the southwest of Sydney, and we, so we were just joining the community. And my children were in the local Catholic primary and high mm. school down the road, and we were just we were just at mass one day, and some gentleman stood up at the end of mass and was looking for some volunteers for a drop-in mm. centre in Springwood. And I felt it, that he was speaking to me. Mm. I guess that's the only way for me to put it. So I wasn't really looking, but his message and the way he presented it to mm-hmm. the parish, in my mind, I just was like, oh, that's for me. Mm. I'm ready for this. Okay. I, this is my time now. Yep. So my very youngest was going to be starting kindy. Uh, the following year, so this might have been mid, midway through the year, mm. and uh, the process was a little lengthy, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I was I was ready, and I had capacity. Yeah. I knew I'd have the time during the day, so it wasn't so much about bringing a skill set yes. to the role. For me, it was just quite exciting that actually there was something else that was available that worked in with my family and yeah. and the timing was just perfect. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so you put up your hand, you, you start volunteering. What was going on for you at the time? What were you thinking, feeling, experiencing? Mm, so I think I felt really quite excited mm. and I guess I would have to say purposeful, that there was a new purpose, that there was something else that I could contribute to mm-hmm. and... And giving to the community in that capacity was really appealing for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think perhaps as a stay-at-home mum for as long as I was, perhaps I had some compassion and Mm -hmm. understanding and Mm -hmm. patience, those sorts of things that I could offer Mm -hmm. in a different way. Yeah. And it's almost like there was a, a bit of a yearning or a longing, but I didn't know. So this feeling within, but I couldn't articulate what yep. it was and then this message came through the mass and they kind of mm. came together yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah I was pretty excited I was really it just felt right for me yeah, yeah. something about time and place yes. and you just being in a space to be able to receive yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah. and good. it again I think it worked so well within my family it was hours that I can do whilst my children are at school and be there for them when they come home at the end of the day because that's really important to me, mm. particularly at that time, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. having had just moved into the area. Um, yeah, I really wanted to be there for my kids as they transitioned, yeah. making new friendships yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah okay. Yes. And um, so from your initial voluntary experience with Catholic Care, mm-hmm. no doubt you came with your own um, sense of what Catholic Care represented. Mm. Did that change or shift over the time of your volunteering there? Did it um, grow or expand or become a bit more nuanced? What, what my sense of Catholic care yeah, was. Yeah, and your involvement in it. Um, did it change your impression of, of Catholic care before you had started to when you were, say, a couple of years in as a volunteer? Mm. I think I would have to say yes. One of the 
most striking things for me about working at Catholic Care initially and in those first two or three years, mm. and even still sporadically now, mm-hmm. is that people come into the office and they'll announce, I'm not Catholic, mm. as if, but is it okay if I'm here? Are mm. you able to still help me? Mm-hmm. And so in my in the beginning of working for Catholic Care, I guess I just had a sense of it being an extension of the church. Yes. Catholic Church and um, its mission, its values and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And there was a part of me that wondered if that would be a hindrance to people coming in. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. And that's what mm-hmm. softened. That's what changed for me is that we were reaching out to all corners of the community. And it wasn't about evangelising. It wasn't about talking about Mm -hmm. God or Catholicism, Mm -hmm. but it was about bringing those, again, values, um, walking, I guess, as Christ would Mm -hmm. within the community and being there for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So if that answers the question, I think that's what changed for me is that I wondered how the Catholic aspect of it, what role that would play Mm -hmm. in it. But it's there and it's there in the background, Mm -hmm. but it informs exactly how we are in terms of welcoming everybody. Yeah, And one of the things that comes through, for me anyway, as I hear your reflection, is the sense of uh, going out and also accessibility. Yes. There's a sense where... Uh, the boundary line isn't drawn necessarily, and it, it's almost organic how that happens mm, uh, in mm. the workspace, or at least in Catholic Care's workspace. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Now, there was a quote that, um, just by coincidence, or uh, perhaps not coincidence, <laughs> it, it came up yesterday. I yep. was in a small discussion group, um, and this uh, quote comes from uh, something that the Pope has um, invited all the church to. There's this particular process known as a synod, um, and the theme that he's chosen for the synod is on another fancy churchy word called synodality, uh, which basically just means um, a gathering, a thinking of how we're going to talk about the theme of walking with each other. So synodality okay. means to walk with each other. Okay, okay. So this quote reads, um, The world needs a church that goes forth, that rejects the division between believers and non-believers, that looks at humanity and offers it more than a doctrine or a strategy, an experience of salvation, a coup of gift, that responds to the cry of humanity and nature. And I don't know, in, in you Beautiful. describing your experience of Catholic care, that to me is, is resonating. But how are you hearing that expression of, of what the church is aspiring to be at the moment? So my immediate thought about it in relation to what, mm. say, we do at the drop-in centre mm. in Springwood is that that whole walking with mm. people and not not giving them the answers or the Mm. solutions to their situation or any problems that they might be experiencing, any difficulties, Mm -hmm. but about walking with them towards, I think, towards a solution, towards changing the Mm. situation that they're in. I'm actually not quite articulating that very well, but Mm. I get that sense of journeying with, which I think fits in quite beautifully with Catholic Care's Mm. current mission and vision Mm -hmm. as well, that journeying with, but just walking alongside. Yeah. Yeah. And and as somebody arrives, continuing on that journey with them. Yeah. In terms of the nature uh, aspect of your question, 
that, and we we actually discussed, we're talking about that yesterday at our All Staff Day and caring for Earth, Yes. caring for the environment, if that's where that quote was sort of... Mm. Um, sort of heading towards um, just absolutely um, we're not separate from nature Mm -hmm. we're actually I think our own system is always trying to get in sync with the natural rhythms of the seasons of the weather day to day Mm -hmm. all of those things and I think that's where a lot of disharmony can present itself Mm. because Whilst we're not separate from it, mm-hmm. from nature, we're so busy mm-hmm. that we've cut ourselves off. Yep. So I think that, from a church perspective, mm-hmm. is a really beautiful way of bringing in many people, mm-hmm. believers and non-believers. Mm-hmm. That yes, we are the church and we're the Catholic church, for example, mm-hmm. but we're one humanity. looking at some stats a couple of years ago the most visited catholic site for pilgrimages is um assisi okay uh, it's not it's not rome yeah, it's not you know go. it's not yeah. the vatican yeah uh, and the pilgrims that go there aren't necessarily catholic the pilgrims that go there have this um theme in their mind that this is about nature being one with mm, nature mm, and the transcendent mm, and so it's, it's more attended um yeah. than you know other places around the world that that um express a Catholic spirituality, which mm. I find is interesting and, yeah. and to your point as well. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Now, I, I wonder, um, uh, from my experience uh, doing some voluntary work overseas, we mm-hmm. adopted a similar framework where it's not about, um, you know, giving a solution. Mm. It's about naming the goodness that's already there, mm. uh, receiving it, and also uh, nurturing it where we can. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder in your experience with Catholic care, mm. um, People who are in uh, service-oriented roles often use the expression, I thought I was uh, giving something away, but in turn I received something from uh, for myself in mm. that experience. So there's this exchange that's yes. happening. How yes. would you describe the, uh, your experience, Sally, of a bit of the mutuality in your work and how you've been mutually blessed in, in that space as well? Wow. I know, big question. <laughs> but <laughs> That is a really big question. Mm. I think first... And foremost, what I can feel and experience Mm. in a conversation, an interaction with the clients that come into the drop-in centre is that there is a commonality Mm. between us. Mm -hmm. Our life circumstances might be different, Mm -hmm. but in terms of that mutual exchange of the giving and the receiving... Mm. One can't occur without the other. Mm. And again, I think it speaks to the natural rhythms and cycles mm. of being human. Yeah. My personal approach in every exchange that I have with anybody is I meet you first as a human, mm. not as Sally, not as an outreach worker, not as mom, whatever. Mm. It's human first. And that's my personal approach for most people. Mm-hmm. I'm often taken aback by the richness of experience that I have with people. It really reinforces the gratitude I have for the life that I have Mm. and actually urges me on to continue in, I guess, that role of service Mm. as humbly as I can. Mm it's draining some days. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> it's, there's no doubt about it. And some days I go home and I'm like, 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if it's um uh, similar to, to my experience, and I don't want to put uh, these words into your mouth, mm. but sometimes I come away from that context thinking, what have I just given? Um, and uh, where's a bit of the... Um, uh, the mutuality in that, the, the reciprocity. Mm. And I know that's not something that, you know, you don't go in into a, a context like this to, to sort of think, okay, now I'm uh, expecting something from it. Mm. But there are those off days I've felt for myself where I'm like, okay, so how can I be gentle with myself? Because I, I notice I'm not getting the reciprocity in that mm. service context. Um, mm. Are there places you go to for recharging yourself um, when you know that um, the place you serve isn't necessarily also the place where you find intimacy returned? Yeah. Uh, So I guess in a way, for me, I can just walk into the bush, Mm. being in nature. Mm. I have this magnificent tree in my backyard and we are on a bush block, Mm. so I look out into the bush Mm -hmm. and... That is it for me, yeah, 100%. Right. <laughs> it, it's not even, you know, it's not about a pampering. Yeah. That's nice too, occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can honestly say that just sitting out in nature, feeling the breeze, feeling the sun, the smell of the rain, whatever it is, mm. is, is enough. Yeah, wow. That is my feeling, is yep. this is enough. Yeah. And that's... That's filling my well. Yes, yes. As yeah. That's filling my well. Yeah, that's such a gorgeous yeah. response. <laughs> uh, it's, it just is. And, of yeah. course, I have a couple of friends who just well, – in fact, a couple of people in my life who I know I can have a really mm. open-hearted, lay-it-on-the-line conversation mm. with mm-hmm. who will receive my words and just as they are mm. and – and not have to explain myself. Yeah. And that that for me is also part of that that receiving back then is mm-hmm. just that somebody receives me as I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, mm. that's so beautiful to have as well in mm. your life. Yeah. Mm. Now, three things from our conversation, mm-hmm. if you don't mind, that I'd like to name so far. Okay. Um, one that's obviously screaming out is, you know, your love for nature. Mm. I, I, I love hearing your, your connection with that, mm. your, your deep mm. intimacy with that. The other one is um, your sense of, um, I've, I've found that so far, and even in our pre-conversation over the phone, you're so intentional with your words and how you're chewing and, and reflecting um, on, on that as well. Um, and I suppose the, the third thing is, is similar to that, um, the thoughtfulness that comes to why you, you do things. I know it's another big question, but where does that all come from? Uh, wh- what, what could you trace back in a bit of your history that, you know, um, gave you that gift of loving nature or gave you that gift of being quite reflective and discerning or intentional with your words. Um, I just find it, it's refreshing. It's, okay. it's, it's dead set refreshing <laughs> Thank you. at the moment. And Thank I, you. You know, it's rare, I'd have to say. It's, okay. it's really rare. So mm. um, if for mm. our audience, um, even just a, a gift for them to hear, okay, here's how I found it in my history. Perhaps it might prompt for them. Maybe I can look for that in my own story as well. I'm not really sure where my love of nature has come from. Mm. I, I grew up in the suburbs of southwest Sydney and whilst I certainly had a terrific backyard and mm. there were trees around me, that sort of thing, it wasn't that I spent a particular, any amount of time really deep in nature as in in the bush, you know, in the Blue Mountains where I live. Mm-hmm. 
But I just know that when I am there, and that's something I've always felt from a child, is mm. that when I'm close or when I'm in mm-hmm. nature, it, I just feel part of. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Yep. And I get a real sense of calm, connection, oneness, Mm. just there's no separation and it's just really strong for me. In terms of my intentionality, which is a really lovely way to put it, thank you, (laughs) in in how I speak, is I don't – I try not to have any expectation when Mm. I'm speaking with anybody. Mm. I try to go into most situations aware Mm -hmm. and without an expectation – and I think it allows for a more open-hearted conversation or exchange. Mm. But I also meditate yeah. every day. Yep. I started a practice about five years ago. Mm-hmm. That, I think, has really informed that idea of speaking with intention mm. and listening with attention. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just in my awareness, I think, a lot of the time. But... If anything, I'd have to say that meditation practice has really, yeah, yeah, just grounded me, maybe slowed me down, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, I suppose I can also connect with that as well. Uh, from my own experience, that has helped in my own life and faith. Mm. Um, I'd have to say one of the milestone moments was uh, attending a retreat with the um, Benedictine sisters mm-hmm, at Jamboree mm-hmm. Abbey. Uh, and the gift of um, centering prayer and meditation mm. that they were able to um, uh, engage us with um, in specific writings like, you know, The Cloud of the Unknowing, Thomas Merton's um, writings as well. Um, and more recently for me, anyway, uh, someone like Richard Rohr uh, putting us Not in touch. Yeah, he's a, he's a Franciscan uh, priest. Okay. Um, and uh, one of his themes that he talks about is um, being in touch with deep time yeah. as opposed to chronological time and, oh, and sure. ha- how you can... Um, uh, yeah, involve yourself in a mindfulness of um, uh, time where it, it feels full. Um, and one way to do that is with meditation mm, or with silence. Mm, mm, yeah, and, and one, yeah, yeah, definitely. Re- removing yourself, so to speak, from the, the day-to-day routine just so that you can hear better mm. and you can see better. It's yeah. almost counterintuitive to think that you can get into a place of stillness mm. and I love that expression, deep time, mm-hmm. which makes me even think about a deep silence yep. and to to think that that's when you'll really hear the messages. Yes. Whether it, for some that might be a message from God, from mm. nature, mm-hmm. Uh, your own inner self, yep. that, that voice within when we're looking for answers or we're needing guidance or even just not. Yes. Just simply stepping into the uh, you know meditation for the purpose of meditation, mm. again, without expectation. And that's one of those things I learned along the way. Um, yeah, is that clarity is what sets in. Mm. Yes, mm. yeah. I wonder now if we could uh, shift a bit of that mutuality theme to mm-hmm. uh, your current workplace and mm-hmm. also your previous places of work. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned before that you used to work in recruiting, futures broking. Let's also incorporate into that your, your 18 or so years as a stay-at-home parent. Mm-hmm. How have those different spaces informed, um, have been blessed by your current um, uh, workplace at Catholic Care? So how have they taught you things that you're now 
carrying into that workplace um, and vice versa? How is, you know, working for Catholic Care um, gifted you as a parent and, and that sort of thing? Mm. Certainly in my role as a recruitment consultant, mm-hmm. listening was really important. So I, I think I learned a lot of skill in that sense from that role, understanding uh, what a prospective um employee mm. is is looking for and then marrying that up with any sort of job vacancies that we had at the time so yep. the listening is really important and again listening um, very attentively mm. uh, to pick up on some of those nuances in a person's words mm. or way of expressing themselves so that that definitely has I think even as a parent has in Formed me as a parent. Mm-hmm. Kids can say one thing and mean a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my role in futures broking. Wow, that was so <laughs> so long ago. Yeah. That was the beginning yeah. of that was post high school HSC. Yeah. So that was a really crazy, hectic. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe what that taught me is actually I don't think I want to work in that environment. Via <laughs> the <a> negative. For, <laughs> for very long. It was great when I was, yeah. you know, young yeah. and, um, of course, I didn't have any children at that time. Mm. So the pace of it and those sorts of things were fine. But I certainly look back on it. It was, mm. it was a really – it was a good time in life too, you yeah. know. Um I think it extended me is what it did. Yeah, okay. Yes, I, I didn't realise I had capacity for some of the the hours and the type of work mm. that I was doing at that time. Mm-hmm. My role at Catholic Care mm-hmm. and my role as a parent, mm. but especially my role as a parent, and I, actually I think they have mutually entwined with one another mm. in the sense of having patience. Okay. Patience has probably been the biggest lesson that I've learnt from my children mm. and and certainly learnt to cultivate more patience over the years mm. for not sweating the small stuff. Yeah. And yeah. And and I think anybody needs that in their role, wherever they're working, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. We're always with other people we don't see eye to eye mm-hmm. everyone's got a different idea <laughs> a different approach so yep. yeah it's it's interesting and i think for me an expansion of all of those mm. qualities but particularly the listening and the patience have been two big things for me yep. over i guess my my role as a parent and in my role at catholic care yeah i mean it's a lot of context to draw into you mm. know the, the, mm. the one sort of question mm. so um I love how you're able to respond to that so succinctly. Mm. And I, I wonder now if this is a bit more um, complicated, okay. uh, but as a way of rounding <laughs> off the conversation, yes. um, if you were then to take all that experience, we will mm. call it your life experience, mm. and we put you into a hypothetical situation, which is how we like to um, sort of end all our, our conversations here in this space. Yep. At the end of the day, this podcast is intended to go to parishioners, average parishioners, sure. who may or may not have um, had this kind of conversation or storytelling in their life. Mm. Um, and we hope that it blesses their um, parish community experience. And so the question we end with is, um, you know, what would you ideally like a newcomer in your parish to experience in yourself and in others? And just so we can get a bit more practical, um, uh, maybe to give some uh, examples of, of practical tips or um, phrases that you'd use 
um, to welcome that newcomer or to engage that newcomer in, in the parish? I feel it's important that we identify newcomers within mm-hmm. the parish mm-hmm. to not stand back and to step out of our comfort zone mm-hmm. and to stand in front of that person or those, you know, whether it's a family or an individual mm-hmm. and simply just begin with a welcome. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen your face here before. It's lovely to have you here in the parish with mm. us today. And to then, I guess, without an overwhelm, but trying to just establish where they are mm. within the community and and just, I think, in the initial stages, offering um, a place and a face for mm. that person to... Um, to go, oh, there's Sally. Yep. Uh, she, we, I spoke with her last week to know, I guess, it, and again, literally coming into the parish, mm-hmm. I can go and s- sit with Sally. I can, you know, that type of thing. Yep. I think the strongest one for me is fostering that sense of belonging mm-hmm. and finding, again, maybe that journeying with what is my role here? Yep. Where can I offer and who can I... I think we can't do it alone. That's mm. that's probably what I'm getting at. And I think as an overall, for me, looking back, going back to a couple of our other questions mm. on career, on family, in my current role, is that none of us do it alone. Yeah. We often stand alone, but deep within, yep. we know we need that connection with others. Yeah. And... I think for me, that would be the experience I would want for newcomers to the parish is to know that there's connection there mm-hmm. and for us as parishioners mm. to extend that welcome, to extend those hands of friendship mm. and journeying with. I think surely that's the message the church yeah. um, needs to to be sending. I think it is a, an encouraging message in that um, you know some people think that the the role of welcoming someone new mm. has to be someone's sole responsibility. But yes. you've just reiterated there, Sally, yeah. that um, really it's a communal effort, and I might even extend that it, it needs to be a communal culture yeah. that people are aware yeah. that they can offer that for people, and not only that they can, but they're in, they're called to mm. offer that to other people as well. I certainly remember the first time my family and I walked into the parish in Springwood and when there's seven of you it's quite an entrance <laughs> <laughs> like the Von Trapp family right <laughs> and you take up a whole pew so you don't you don't walk in unnoticed yep. and I would have to say there were t- there was one couple in particular that were very welcoming of my family and mm. I and that will always stand out to me. And I still yeah. have a relationship with this uh, couple, both through my work and just through the parish, oh, good. which is really lovely. And and I just now that I think about it, it helped to settle me, mm. not feeling so much an outsider, mm-hmm. even on the first sort of day. Um Yeah, that was really helpful to me mm. because I think even now as I say it, I looked out for those two people mm. the next time that we were there. Yeah. 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 So that was really important for me to 
I think that's the experience I'd want others to have. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that response, Sally. Magic. <laughs> and what can I say? Thank you for this conversation. It's um, my pleasure. Yeah, again, it's been really delightful and personally refreshing for me oh, too. Oh, thank you yeah. so much, Donnie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I wasn't sure what to expect, but yeah, it's been really lovely. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Food. Don't forget to like and follow us on Spotify or on your preferred listening platform. This podcast is produced by the Mission Enhancement Team in the Diocese of Parramatta. We release a new episode each week and we'd love to hear from you. So leave a comment or reach out via our contacts in the show notes. Looking forward to sharing another story with you next time on the Soul Food Podcast. Podcast.